Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon, this is the final word, Pakistan Daily here at Lahore, Gaddafi Stadium, third evening, lights are on, so much happened in that final session, one of the most memorable, I would say, in modern Australian test match history, tell us about it all in 30 seconds, please. Pakistan Day, and it was Pakistan's day, batted through the morning session, one for 170, happy days, Nathan Lyon squeezes out Abdullah Shafiq, 15 more overs before they get rid of Azhar Ali, a magnificent court and bowl from Pat Cummins, 20 more overs to get rid of Fawad Alam and then suddenly 7 for 20. They go from uh, 3 for 248 all out 268. Australia bat 3 overs at the end uh, and they're leading by 134 runs. What happened? Yeah, the last 4 wickets fell with the score on 268. 2 for Cummins, 2 for Stark. It was 8 for 54 when you go back to that court and bowl which turned the momentum of the day. At that stage, Pakistan at 214 for 2 and effectively in cruise control. Sure, they'd lost Shafiq earlier in the session but having got through the first session wicketless, 69 runs to the good, you're kind of thinking, well, it's it's foretold. Azhar Ali, mm. first test match at his home ground after whatever it was, 42, 4,300 days. He's going to go on and post three figures. He's going to bat all day. He's going to suck the life out of this test match from Australia's perspective. And it'll be about whether they can uh, mm-hmm. exert some pressure on the final day. Instead, reverse swing, just as it was 24 hours earlier. It was 5 for 50 yesterday, 7 for 20 today. So mm-hmm. an even more extreme version of the game speeding up. And it was a magnificent spell a reverse swing bowling from Cummins and Stark and I think the big difference between yesterday and today was Nassim Shah had to do it on his own he didn't really get the support when Shaheen Afridi picked up a couple late but you know just wasn't in the game consistently ball after ball Hassan Ali bowled really poorly Australia they only had the two quicks but they backed each other up they both did the work I mean the Stark delivery to get rid of Mohamed Rizwan that's the key moment of the day for me almost because Fawad Alam hasn't done a lot in the series. He, he did bat for a long time. He only made 13, but he was supporting Barbara Azam, the captain. He gets out. Rizwan's there. You're thinking, well, these two, they've just come off making yeah. a million in Karachi and you know they'll bat together happily for the rest of time. Rizwan's in great nick and he gets the ball from Stark, left arm around the wicket that comes into middle stump, reverse swings away a touch, just enough to beat the outside edge and hits the top of off stump. Like... Mortals can't do that. And Rizwan just stood in his pose for about 10 seconds after the ball had gone past going, I don't I don't want to think about what just happened. Yeah, it's a classic reverse swing scorecard. Three bowled, two leg before out of that seven wickets we mentioned already. And the use of Stark, I think he bowled 15 of the first 106 overs, something like that. And that's because Cummins knew he needed to be used carefully. Stark's his main weapon with reverse swing. You don't want him to be exhausted coming back for spell five or spell six, having bowled into the mm. dirt. Instead, the way Cummins ran it was he bowling for two or three. If it was going, he'd keep him on. And it wasn't going to that point. When it was, it's like game on, just like Karachi. Bowl him on a long spell, see what's possible. Mm. And as you say, after he picks up Farward and Rizwan, that's when Cummins says, my turn. First over back into the attack, he castles Sajid, who was batting up the order. And that goes to the 
the, the unbalanced Pakistan team. It looked good when Nassim Shah was brought back and taking all those wickets, but mm-hmm. the other side of the equation is that they did have two spinners coming into bat at seven and eight, and that's always risky business, and so it proved to be. Yeah, I mean, which isn't to say that had they had Fahim Ashraf batting at seven, he may have been knocked over true, just, true. To, just as early as he was both times in Karachi. Didn't make any runs there either. So, yeah, stacking the batting doesn't necessarily guarantee you much. Sajid Khan looked nice for a couple of, you know, played some nice shots, but it wasn't really a stroke maker's pitch. You know, he he, he played a big shot, which is eventually the one that got him out as yeah. well. So, lived, lived by the sword very briefly and died by it pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and just to back over that point, I guess what I mean by that is that as soon as that rizwan barbara partnership was broken, mm. so the second wicket of the collapse, you're like, okay, game on, game on, game on. It's mm-hmm. like, it was the cue for Pat Cummins to realise that this is the test match there to be won. He's spoken a lot uh, through his interviews and his press conferences this series about knowing when's the right time to be conservative and defensive and the right time to be hyper-aggressive. Yep. Mostly he's talking about batting, but it also translates to bowling. So that that's when he brings himself into the attack and you know he'd already got in the book of course he picked up a wicket last night and he'd already made a big intervention today the court and bold mm. uh, spoiler alert my, my hall of fame coming up in a couple of minutes but then from there he was just as potent as Stark takes out Sajid Khan's leg stump and then it was a fait accompli they were going to fold and so they did losing all four wickets on 268 to end the innings and concede a first innings lead of 123 when you know 65 minutes earlier which is when the collapse started I would have said they were a decent chance of being maybe not at parity tonight mm. but you know somewhere around 330 340 and yeah. tomorrow they can suck the life out of the game they're when they're 130 odd behind and they're three wickets down you go okay the the equation the calculus from here and what we've seen in the series so far is that pretty much any good partnership lasts at least a session yeah uh, most of the decent partnerships have been 100 runs or more they've gone for hours and hours so you go okay well they'll have a couple more of those 100 partnerships they'll end up whatever it is 100 odd in front and then they'll be in the position, a position to run the game from there, or it'll probably, you know, if the Australians bat well, it'll peter out to a draw. Now you've got Australia in a position to put the hammer down when they can, you know, when they've decided it's the time's right to do it. And that maybe that's before reverse swing starts. Maybe that's early uh, tomorrow morning. But to to push that out to 300 plus, set Pakistan something and try to get them again like they weren't able to do in Karachi. I'd be very surprised if that's not exactly what they do. So the Australian team have copped criticism from back home about not being assertive enough with the bat. Uh, you know, and, and People the don't understand response, you're not always playing at the MCG. No, like, sure. You're not always playing in Australia. Let's just play conditions. this out, right? So the criticism, I mean, they haven't been assertive enough with the bat early in a test match, mm. whereas Australia's response has always been, allow us to play the conditions the way we're assessing them. Now, the game flips. Mm. Now they've got the advantage. They have to drive it home. They have to bat with gusto because otherwise the good work from today might mean they don't have enough time on day five. Mm. This will be need to be precision perfect. I mean, it's no sure thing that Australia will be in a position to take 10 wickets on the final day. We yeah. saw that at Karachi, and there's nothing wrong with this pitch. Reverse swing is the weapon here. Not It's dusty here, so it should yeah. mean that Swepson and Lyon are a factor in the fourth innings, but no, no guarantee either. So they're going to have to get the next bit bang on yep. and give themselves, ideally, four sessions to bowl Pakistan out a second time. But in order to do that, they've got to go at you know, the better part of 110, let's say, 120 runs a session mm. across the first two to get it up above 350. They're not yeah. going to give Pakistan 304 sessions. That would be... That, that, that I don't see that happening. They're going to want to have enough runs in the bank that they'd have to bat aggressively and they won't be dangling too much of a carrot. Not after last week. Well, I, I think also, though, they... When you look at the way this is set up, they can't be... 
if, if you're in sort of bowler-friendly conditions, you can go, okay, 90 overs might be what we need to bowl them out. That'll get us a second new ball, yep. you know, conventional swing and all the rest of it. Somewhere like here, you need 120 because it's 20 overs after the second Correct. new ball that it starts to reverse. You need to make sure you get those 10 overs of exactly. reverse in case yeah. you need them right at the end. So they will need four sessions at Pakistan at least um, to, to, to have any sort of confidence, but that means they've got to go, like, you know, go for it for, for the first couple. Yeah, and again, it's not about, like, sort of uh, batting in a way that would be seen as reckless. It's just going at four and over instead of two and a half and mm. over. It's just like a, an extra gear up. It's yeah. not putting the foot all the way to the floor. Maybe they get the chance to yeah. put the foot to the floor for an hour at the end. Maybe the game plays out that way. But at least between, let's say, the start of play and the first mm-hmm. drinks break, if they're going at three and a half, four, that's fine. So long as the foundation is laid and they're not going to get skittled for 100, yep. unlikely as it is on this surface, and then they can be in a position where when mm. reverse swing comes around, which it will invariably yep. after yep. 30 or 40 overs, that they're not backs against the wall and, and trying to play conservatively to avoid a collapse. So yeah, there's, a, there's an element of planning required tomorrow for Cummins and McDonald and the leadership group, mm-hmm. which is going to be really important and I'm mm-hmm. sure it'll occupy a lot of their thinking between now and bedtime. Yeah, and easier said than done to go at four and over, particularly against spinners who didn't have penetration on this wicket, but they were hard to score off. So look, Nathan Lyon ended up with about one for nine. The wicket he took was vital. Abdul Lashik for 81, yep. who batted really well, and maybe we'll come back to him in a second. But uh, the way Lion bowled, lots of loop, lots of drop, into the footmarks, outside the off stump, and they were able to play him comfortably enough to survive. But it was pretty difficult to score off him, except for the occasional times he dragged down short. And I thought Shafiq batted beautifully against the spinners. Just to, so much patience, so much, so much determination, and he just... He has this kind of poise that you don't expect to see from a young player. Yeah, he's their second most important player and he's 22. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, batsman, that is, in the, in the top six. Uh, mm. um, when he fell today, it, it did symbolise a bit of a shift in energy. Uh, and mm. the way in which he played Lyon, and again, it's, I can go on all day about Abdul Shafiq at the moment, but the way he can flick him through mid-wicket, one ball, having danced down the track, and next ball deep in the crease, pop him three-point. I thought he rattled Lyon early on. Lyon was around the wicket and looking nowhere near it. Mm-hmm. Change of ends over the wicket, slowed his pace way down, mm-hmm. much more effective, and it was the one that stood up off the seam that, that found the outside edge and removed Shafiq when he looked like he was going to mm-hmm. boss the day along with Azarelli. Uh, and yeah, that was a change in momentum after putting on that 150 run stand, the third big partnership of the yeah. Test match. And then Barbara Azam came out and smashed 50 in about 80 balls. I mean, it looks like he mm-hmm. clocks that he needed to go up the gears because I only yeah. went at 2.3 and over in the first session having made 30 runs in the first 35 minutes. So they got off to a flyer and then wound it way back as Lyon found his line and length and the seamers came back for, for their later spells and were bowling more consistently. And even Azhar Ali, you know, skipped down at one point and, and hit Lyon for six down the ground, yep. played a reverse sweep at some point. Yes. I mean, Azhar Ali doing this, it's like it's like buying some spicy new lingerie to, <laughs> to put a kick back into the relationship. You're like, really, Azhar Ali, is that you? You look fantastic. Old dog new tricks. You know? um, yeah, yeah he, he's, he's 37 and his first test at home, as you've mentioned, and uh, was enjoying himself out there for 78, but uh, it was a little sad for him that he didn't didn't get to raise the bat. Well, that'll be the point we can bring in the Hall of Fame, I think, Jeff, because my Hall of Fame is is the Pat Cummins catch. I know you've got a, a, an alternative view, and we'll come to that. <laughs> um, but Cummins being able to 
in his follow-through, I was on commentary at the time, it, it wasn't sort of patted back to him. That was at the middle of the bat. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a reflexing, but but it's also a practicing. I mean, we're in the privileged position in the jobs that we do. We get to watch them train day in, day out before a test match. And this is a drill they do all the time, trying to take return catches, reflex catches. Yeah. So it's not as though this is a fluke. It's something that he's worked on to make sure that, mm. as he said, they got loads of half chances at Karachi yep. and kind of none of them stuck. Here, they've got the half chance and of course it's the captain taking responsibility yep. for the situation and that is the start of the 8 for 54 collapse. In the absence of that, if it goes to the boundary like it probably would sort of eight times out of ten, mm-hmm. we're having a different conversation right now. And also the number of, I mean, they had so many half chances that didn't stick. They had, yeah. they had a couple go through between the keeper and yep. slip. They had ones going wide of second slip, ones dropping short of the, the slips. slips and one before lunch. Yeah, lots yep. of edges that, that were missed, you know, and, and people will say Steve Smith, like they're showing montages of Steve Smith missing catches but they're all you know they're going so rapidly past him and those kind of ones that God, get hit there hit. was some jibber spoken about the chance yesterday yeah, yeah. goodness me yeah. were people watching the test match when they were piling no. into Smith and Kerry nobody watches the test Deary match me. sorry continue yeah. please yeah well I mean yeah the one that went almost that went just to Smith's left at, at slip and therefore was the keeper's catch standing about seven metres mm. away at second slip and Kerry Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you have to be there to make an assessment, but at least kind of try and remember yeah. this wasn't a conventional... Anyway, sorry, but, please but continue. The, one, but the court and bold sort of chances, they're like direct hit runouts, right? They're the sort of thing where if it doesn't come off, no one is too hard on the player. They go, oh, well they were unlikely to get that anyway. But if you practice it enough and if you do make it happen in a match, that is the thing that can turn a match in your favour. And so that is what they've done, the amount of practice they've done on it. Um, So, yeah, I thought it was was a magnificent catch. Um, The only problem is it wasn't actually a catch because he threw the ball away while he was falling to ground. So people have missed, you know, I'm making enemies online by saying this, that, that... that's not a catch under the laws of the game because he's in his follow-through, he's diving forward, he takes the catch, he's tumbling forward, and as he rolls over, he throws it up in the air in celebration. He's still rolling, he's still tumbling. The laws of the game say that you must have the ball and your body under control. Totally a clean catch, held the catch for long enough, that's fine, but his body's still moving. The umpire's made a mistake there. That is not out, and that should have been given not out. I thought he played it well, knowing he could have knocked himself off momentum. That's been a catch for 100 years, so he knows that that's not going to get overturned, and thus smart cricket. Uh, but I'm who not throws it up in the air like that? I mean, the, that was unnecessary. It's quite common that when fielders are falling to the ground, mindful of they're about to make impact with the ground, they mm. throw it up, knowing they're going to get away with it. They always out. have. Yeah, that's fine. Write him a letter. Write the MCC a letter and, and see how you go. Get Fraser on. He'll talk to you about it, but it was never going to be overturned, so I thought it was just it was an interpretation from Cummins, realising that as he's falling, the mm. probability of him getting it overturned versus the probability of him hitting the turf and the ball spilling out. Right. I know what I would do. Um, okay. that's, that's, that's just him gaming the system, knowing... So, so a slip fielder who catches it and they're falling to ground with their elbow down and they throw the ball away, but they that's do it, still They out. do it all the time. You, see, play, you see players in the cordon who are about to tumble and throw it in the air. It's, 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 you see players, they know that there is higher risk when, they, when their elbows mm. or their... their shoulder hit the turf. It that is the most out. likely... Yeah, yeah, so that's why they throw and it in the air. And when it pops out, it's given not out. No, that's why they throw it in the air. But this if you throw it in the air, you still haven't controlled your yeah, body. Yeah, but I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that that's why Cummins did it, knowing it wasn't mm. going to be overturned. It's never overturned before. Not going to be no. overturned now. So no, it's not the Gibson, because the Gibson fell no, out no. of his hands down there. What I'm saying is get it, getting rid of the ball too early is where it relates yeah, to Yeah, yeah, as I said, you can make the case that the MCC should crack down on that, but it never has been before. So why would Cummins, let, why would Cummins assume that that's the one time ever that it's going to be overturned? I don't, I don't agree with I don't think I've seen players do that sort of thing, throw it away while they're falling to ground. They're, they, they're constantly doing it in the cordon. They, 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 they as before they're about to their body's about to throw them into the turf they lob the ball in the air and that's partly 
a, 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 a partly a, a, an insurance policy mm. on what might happen when they hit the turf. Mm -hmm. So, and again, have you ever seen one overturned? The only one ever is Herschel Gibbs, and that was I, when the ball spilled to the floor. I haven't seen players throw it in the air before they hit the ground. I, I'm honestly not sure what you're talking about. Okay, well, obviously we're watching different games of cricket. That's the end of the final word today with Australia in a strong position, 134 runs. This always happens. If you're watching on YouTube, someone that's watching it, someone that's watching it a very different way, remarkably. So, yeah. 134 in the lead with Australia, none for 11 at the close. Kawaja on 7, Warner on 4. If you like the podcast, you can subscribe at patreon.com forward slash the final word. And Australia are in a position to do something very special. Today was right up there with the best chunks, best hours of cricket I've seen from an Australian team away from home. And if they can press home the advantage tomorrow and they can win it on day five, it'll be one of the great test victories. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon, goodbye for now. Talk to you tomorrow. See you on day four. I had to go about it, write it out.